Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, November 28th, 2021, we bring you a special Baptism Sunday sermon by Jeff Stevens. Enjoy. As we've been working through uh, the letter uh, by Paul to the Roman church, um, Paul has taken out every possible excuse, every possible loophole for us to understand that we are desperately dependent upon the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, today I'm going to attempt to do the same for all of you who have been avoiding baptism. There's a lot of reasons why people um, think maybe now is not the time. Some are new in their faith and feel that maybe they're not ready If you have proclaimed Jesus Christ, he has made you ready. Some people are sitting here today wondering, when I was baptized as an infant or as a child, uh, did that count? The question you must ask yourself, was it your faith or your parents? Because today we're going to baptize those who personally proclaim Jesus Christ. Maybe it was because you were a teenager when it was done. And you had that uh, double life and you kind of walked away from your faith and you feel today that you're maybe unworthy. You have been made worthy by the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Maybe you think that you're just not a good Christian. You're not good based upon anything that you've done. You're not good based upon anything you will do. You are made righteous, as we've learned through the book of of Romans, by Jesus Christ and by him alone. That is no excuse. Maybe you feel that you haven't earned it. Well, maybe you're not getting it. You will never earn it. It is a gift of God's grace. And when you accept that gift, then you proclaim to the world that I am following Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we come to you now as your humble servants. We ask that your spirit would work in our hearts, that, Lord, you would call us up and that you would help us, Lord, to be faithful to your commands and to be baptized in your name. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So point one today, what is the basis or the foundation for baptism, right? You look at, you look at uh, the small band of faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, uh, days before his ascension, his, his rising, his leaving into the clouds and going to the right hand of God the Father, said to us in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The basis of baptism is command. The responsibility for the apostles and after them, the elders, the Bible teachers, the Bible Uh, proclaimers, your mother, your father, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, that person who has influenced you with the word of God has been commanded to baptize you. This isn't something 
Although each of the pastors considers it high honor to baptize someone, but maybe here today you should be looking at your brother sitting next to you, your father sitting next to you. We have everything that they need to go and dunk you as well. The responsibility to baptize those who have become followers of Jesus Christ. The Great Commission, as we call it, is not the call to evangelize. It is to make disciples. You see, as a church, as a body, we love God, we love people, and we make disciples. Baptism is not a tool of evangelism. It is a person who has been evangelized. So how is this done? The process begins with evangelism, which leads to conversion. That moment in time where faith became real. And those that are converted are to be baptized and then indoctrinated into the word of God. We as a church have to get better at this. Our public school system, our world, our culture, our technology is in fact indoctrinating not only our kids but all of us. And we must immerse ourselves in the baptismal waters and come out refreshed and restored, proclaiming Christ and living our life in accordance to his word. So here's the command for the church. The Lord Jesus preached it. If the early church practices it, if the apostles expounded it in the New Testament, then baptism is a good command to obey. It was given to our Lord, given by our Lord in the Great Commission. It was practiced in the early church. We see it in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 16, Acts 18, Acts 19. Baptism, baptism, baptism. It was developed by the apostles in each of the letters. In Romans 6, particularly. 1 Peter 3 and Hebrews 6. The ordinance or the call, the command of baptism then is based directly on the command that came from Jesus Christ himself. This isn't the idea of the local church in 2021. So here's the obligation. The obligation is for everyone who becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's very difficult to avoid the importance of baptism in the New Testament. If you're concerned about obeying the Lord, if you're concerned about following the New Testament, if you're concerned with living in fellowship in the Lord and trusting in him, you'll also be concerned about baptism because it's a command of God. F.B. Meyer, who once said that the word of God is not given to be admired for its beauty or studied for its detail, It's given to be obeyed. There is no blessing in hearing and knowing it apart from doing it. It was our Lord himself who said in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Or as one of our other apostles boldly states, He says in 1 John 2, 4 through 5, he says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly love, in him truly the love of God is perfected. He who began that work, he will complete that work. 
But why? Point two, what is the very purpose of baptism? What's the purpose of it? Is it in fact a door to church membership? No. Is it the washing away of your sins? No. Because 1 John 1.7 tells us the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. This water does not cleanse you. The blood of Christ cleansed you. Is it a condition for our salvation? No. It wasn't for the thief on the cross and it isn't for you here today. John 3.36 says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Or Mark 16, 16, which says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So I'm a little bit confused here. Is baptism necessary for salvation or not? When our Lord says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, he was not including baptism as a condition. The last clause makes this clear. Rather, he was indicating that baptism was the normal outward next step that was expected to accompany true faith in Christ. When conversion takes place, when a proclamation takes place, the very next thing that takes place is that sign and seal of the covenant, that sign that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not my parents' pawn. I'm not someone who's being forced to be here. I'm someone by the volition of his own freedom of will stands before you and proclaims Jesus Christ is Lord and I am following him. Baptism is not essential for salvation. The scripture declares in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. There will be no one here today boasting in their obedience, but boasting in Jesus Christ. But with that said, Acts 2 This early church says, now when they heard this, when they heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart. You remember we talked about that circumcision of the heart in Romans. They were cut to the heart. The circumcision of the heart took place. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Now that we've been cut to the heart, what do we do next? And Peter said to them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many others, many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from the crooked generation. And so what happened? So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Probably one of the most decisive texts given on baptism comes in 1 Corinthians 1, 17. Paul says this, 
For Christ did not send me to baptize. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to what? Preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. It's not about any of us who come up here and speak the word. It's about the power of the cross. The apostle is distinguishing between baptism and the gospel. If baptism were essential for salvation, no such distinction could ever be made. And although Paul did occasionally baptize people, we see it in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 1, he generally left this to others while he proclaimed the message of the gospel. This is why I'm telling you today, if your uncle, your brother, your mother, your whomever is sitting beside you was an influence of the gospel in your life, then both of you are coming forward today to proclaim it to the world. So what's the purpose then of baptism? If it's not an entrance to church membership, if it's not a means of washing away sin, if it's not essential for salvation, then what is it? It's a confession. It's a confession of our identification with Christ. When a believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit, he is so identified with Christ that he is, that, that he is in Christ, as Romans 6 tells us. He is so identified with the body of Christ, so identified with his church that he becomes a member of his church and he becomes a part of the body of Christ. So Christian baptism is an act of identity. He or she is identifying themselves publicly with Jesus Christ. He or she is declaring personal faith in him. He or she is acknowledging that they are depending upon Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection alone for salvation. He or she is saying, I am a believer, I belong to Jesus Christ and I will follow him. In the days of the early church, they had no decision cards. They had no altar calls. They had no raising of hands or no pray this prayer. It was by baptism that one identified himself or herself with Christ and as a Christian. Identification is the basic fundamental truth of Romans 6. Paul says in Romans 6, 3 and 5, 3 through 5, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Verse five, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. It is baptism by the Holy Spirit that is primarily in view here. By the work of the Holy Spirit, the believer is united with Christ. He is identified with him in his death. It brings an end of our old life positionally. The old things have passed away. The identification continues in his burial and his resurrection, which brings us into a new life, and behold, all things have become new. This is the nature 
the identification that we are confessing publicly when a believer is baptized in Christian baptism. You don't have to come up here today and proclaim your entire life story. Those who are baptizing you will ask you a real simple question. Do you proclaim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, and then you'll get the big dunk. We're not only declaring our personal faith in Jesus Christ, but also acknowledging that the old Adam, the old man in me, the nature with its fleshly desires has now been crucified and that we have been raised to new life to the glory of God. We are proclaiming that it is our desire and our intention with the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to walk in newness of life. Today, brothers and sisters, I am calling you out. If you fit into this, you today, the Holy Spirit is working on you, tugging at you. Do not, as Pastor Bob said, ignore it. Embrace it. Follow it. Proclaim Jesus Christ as your Savior. Be baptized as an act of obedience. For if you love Jesus, you will obey his commandments. So we're about to hear. We're gonna call everyone out. We're gonna start to have you come up and line yourselves up here. If God's put it upon your heart to be baptized, I want you to come forward. Because we're about to hear from some people who have signed up to be baptized today. We're also giving you the opportunity to simply come forward right now and be baptized. Those who have the objection, I don't have clothes that can get wet, I have them for you. We have clothes for you to wear. Or the objection, I'm terrified to speak in front of people. Well, we're just gonna ask you a simple yes or no question. You don't need to tell your whole life story. Here's another objection, I'm too nervous. We promise you this whole room wants nothing more than to celebrate you and your proclamation of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's the objection, I want my friends and family to be here for it. Well, we're live streaming the service right now and you can send them the link immediately. You know what, we're even gonna take a picture of you coming out and you can send it to them as your Christmas card. It's not about them. It's about your proclamation in Jesus Christ. Our staff of team of men and women are gonna meet you down front and bring you backstage and help you get ready. You don't need a towel, we have one. We've got it all. And I'm begging you, brothers and sisters, if God is putting this upon your heart, Don't wait, come now, come now. This is amazing. We've seen people of all ages, people who have been walking with Jesus for a long time, people who are young and new in their faith and stepping out in obedience because they placed their faith and trust in creator God and the person of his son, Jesus. There's just nothing better. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this incredible, incredible day. Thank you for just giving us a glimpse of the work that you're doing all day, every day, all around the world. Lord, you're just so good. 
and we're so thankful for this. Thank you for the message today. Thank you for these beautiful professions of faith in you. Lord, um, I'm just overwhelmed. So God, we love you. We are grateful. This is special. It's something that I hope we will all remember for a long, long time. And Lord, too, if, if there are people still in the congregation who are feeling your nudging, I just pray that, that uh, you would continue to work on their hearts and that they would be tender to your touch, that they would, at the next opportunity, take advantage of this time and, and uh, be baptized and make a public declaration of their, of their faith in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We offer you all the praise and glory that you do, and we do it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.